Welcome to the podcast. Join Nate and Mike, lifelong friends, as they discuss stocks and investing. The name says it all. This This is is Two Buds Buds Talk Talk Stocks. Stocks. All opinions expressed by Nate and Mike are their own. Please do not buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Welcome to the pod. We are live. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing fantastic. Do you know why I'm in such a good mood today? Because uh, you're talking to me? Absolutely. Well, well, no, that puts me in a bad mood. <laughs> I'm in a good mood because today's Tuesday, and that means one thing only. Hot Take Tuesday. Hot Take Tuesday. So I'm excited about today's episode. We've got our Hot Take Tuesday. Uh, we've got some listener mail, and then my favorite buy, sell, and whole little BSH a little dudder stud. So I think we got some good stuff today. I'm going to dive in on Hot Take Tuesday. There's one take. I kind of gave you a heads up on what we're going to talk about. The second take, producer Tom didn't reach out to you. So I don't know what your take is on actually any of these Hot Take Tuesdays. Let's start first. Today's the 19th of April. I think this stuff is fascinating. Elon Musk trying to buy Twitter, $53 billion. Now, remember, Elon Musk is trying to buy it, mm-hmm. not, not Tesla. Tesla is trying to buy it. I'm going to ask you what you think about the whole situation. I went down a crazy rabbit hole with this, so I think my rant might be longer than yours, but what, what's your whole take on this? This is uh, one of those ones where I feel it's Elon being uh, Elon. It very much just the way he announced this on Twitter after taking a 9% stake in the company and then saying that it's his what first, last, final offer type thing, take it or leave it. It just seems like he might be trolling a little bit here. I mean, I don't doubt that he really, if he ran Twitter, that he would really make some changes. But uh, I would also say that, I mean, I think these changes are probably not that easy to implement because Twitter themselves would have done them long ago. So I think that uh, $54.20 a share or whatever it is, that'd be perfect for me. I've been looking for an exit for forever. I have my rule of thumb where I'm trying to hold companies for at least five years before I could dump them. And I've, I've only held Twitter for maybe four years, but my purchase was at $46 a share. So I, I would love for this deal to happen, take it private. And then I wouldn't have to worry about uh, owning this, uh, owning this company anymore. So you actually own Twitter, huh? I do. I bought it. Um, yeah. Four, four years ago, I've a uh, dollar cost average into it for a while. And then basically I got, I got sour on the uh, whole social media um, mm-hmm. industry. And I thought about, and we're going to broadly put those in the communication sector. And um, the one that I still like the most is Google. It's like, why, why would I, why would I add more to Twitter? I mean, Google is just so much better. And I would say that there's some overlap there with the social media, what we use the, uh, the internet for that Google, it, it scratches that itch better than, than Twitter ever could for me. And I just, I do you, I mean, when you're looking, when you're shopping for stuff, do you do you go to Twitter and scroll through a feed and just be like, oh, here's a nice ad for something I'm gonna want, I'm gonna want to buy? It's just not the same as Facebook. It's not the same as Instagram. It's not the same as uh, is using Google Search. So I just, I don't know if it'll ever really be truly profitable. I mean, I think it's a great way to to disseminate information and to get information. But as far as actually being truly ultimately as profitable as it is, is other platforms, I just, I don't see it, whether, whether Elon's running it or, or whoever. Here's my, you just real quick answer. You think in nine to 12 months, is Twitter going to be public or private? 
That's a really good one. We'll just call it a year's time. Is it going to be public or private? I could see very much. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's going to be private, but with the caveat that it's not going to be Elon Musk. There's some other I agree. Uh, private equity and firm takes it. Takes here's private. my take on it. Mm -hmm. Hot take Tuesday. Tss, coming in hot. So when Eli had to go ahead and put a bid, he had to have a bank backing him, which is going to be Morgan Stanley. And when the board was looking at offers coming in, they have Goldman Sachs, Goldman Sachs backing them up. There's 31 analysts offering 12-month price forecasts for Twitter, and they have a low estimate of $30 a share. Now you've got a lot of private people coming out trying to make bids on it, along with Elon Musk. And I think those Goldman Sachs is going to tell the board, you should sell Twitter if it's at 42, 43, whatever the price tag target is that the offers come in at, I think they're going to take it and move on. I think in a year, it's going to be private. I don't think whether it's Elon Musk taking it private or whether it's someone else taking it private, um, we can have that debate. Um, I think I want no piece of Twitter. I want no piece of any social media companies. I don't, I have some exposure to, just through some ETFs mm -hmm. with social medias. Other than that, I have no exposure to any social medias. I keep going back to putting things in perspective. We're talking 53 billion. If Tesla wanted to buy it, Tesla has 53 billion to make it work. Elon Musk does not have 53 billion to make it work. So I don't think Elon Musk is going to buy it. I think it's going to go private. I want nothing to do with it. And here's to put things in perspective. Instagram, 8 billion. Whole Foods, $8 billion. Marvel, $4 billion. Star Wars, $4 billion. These are just a couple of rough numbers I'm throwing out. $54 billion if Twitter dissipates and doesn't become what Elon Musk thinks it's going to be. That's, a, that's going to be impossible to overcome. I am a little bit nervous. I have a lot of exposure to Tesla. I'm not a Tesla shareholder individually, but I have tons of exposure to it. And I don't like this one bit. I think Elon Musk is a um, genius. I'll give him that. Uh, and the only person that can really strike gold twice is going to be um, the Apple founder, Steve Jobs. Jobs. Other than that, no one else can strike twice. It's so hard to do. He struck it with gold, with Tesla. I don't think he's going to do it again with Twitter. And I think it's going to go private. I want nothing to do with it. So the other thing I, that I was going to say about Twitter too is that, I mean, it was several years back now, but it was trading in the low teens and Disney actually made an offer for him. You remember this? I don't remember no, exactly when it was, but don't. Disney made an offer at 20 something dollars a share and the board did the same thing that they're, they're doing now that they're saying that it's uh, way, way undervaluing the, uh, the, the company. And I guess you can say up until this point, they've been right because it's, as of close today, it's trading at uh, at forty six dollars. So I mean, it's, it's a double since then. I mean, if you if you bought this stock over the summer when it was trading in the eighties, this looks like a horrible deal for you at at buyout at, at fifty four dollars and some change. But the fact that it's trading at forty six and some change, this makes me think that the market doesn't believe this deal is gonna is gonna happen. If if your buyout price is at fifty four dollars and it's trading at forty six. <laughs> 
there's a lot of premium in there, a lot of arbitrage. If you were thinking that this deal was going to go through, that you could capture some short-term upside. But I think the, the more likely a deal is going to happen, usually the market will will bid that uh, stock price up closer to the actual to the actual target price. So this makes me think of a quote that I heard from this guy, Robert Breedlove, and it just it makes sense in this situation. He says, assume the market is always smarter than you because it is. The market is the sum intelligence of everyone worldwide. So thinking that you have more knowledge than, than the total sum of people is probably foolish. And in this case too. So I would just take that into consideration too, that if this market is, and in this market is trading so, so low below the premium that overall people are just thinking, this is, this is a nothing burger. It's not going to happen, at least not with Elon. I think it's going private. I think when Jack Dorsey left, imagine if Jack Dorsey still was the CEO of the battle that would be going on. Now that would be entertaining. He's glad he left. This reminds me though. So uh, the new headlines as of today is that they're trying to do the poison pill tactic, Mm -hmm. which essentially is known as a shareholder. What it is, let me, let me kind of break it as simple as possible is to avoid hostile takeovers by essentially diluting an acquirer's stake. What you do is so Elon Musk right now is the acquirer has the largest stake what they did is Vanguard increased its stake. And now Vanguard is the highest shareholder, which means they have more power. Mm -hmm. And what makes this amazing is that's essentially what the movie Wall Street with Michael Douglas, Gordon Gecko did is that Gordon Gecko, what was it? Teldar paper. Is that right? Yeah, Teldar. Mm -hmm. Is that they tried to not make him the largest shareholder. And by him, that's the whole premise by him becoming the largest shareholder he then bought them out, took them private, and everyone, and then and sold them off. And to an extent, that's I'm not trying to compare Elon Musk to Golden Gordon Gecko, but that's kind of what's going on. It's the same thing. His famous "greed is good" speech or whatever. I think that's when he's speaking at the shareholder the annual meeting for Teldar, and he's just pointing to everybody, the board of director at the front of the room. He's like, "You think these people have your best interest? They own less than three percent of the entire shares outstanding. Can you honestly tell me that they're?" that they're aligned with you. And I think there is similarities because I don't think the uh, board of directors of uh, Twitter and the top executive team own own more than a, a few percent. I mean, there's no major stakeholders. And I don't, I don't even actually know what Jack Dorsey owns total, but I mean, he's not involved in day-to-day operations, but it does make me think of the similarities there. I mean, Elon is just saying, really, do you think this board that is running this company right now is best suited for this? Are you really aligned with them? If if they don't put their money their mouth their money where their mouth is, can you really say that they're aligned with you? And I do think that that's a fair point. I agree. Um, I mean, good points. All I think they're going private. I don't think it's Elon. And you do your. You said five years. You want to see what hold the stock. I think in five years, if I'm going to Vegas and you can place a bet, if Twitter's even a thing that people are talking about, I'm taking that bet. I don't think it's yeah. going to be around five ten years. You don't know what it's going to be. Twitter. I was reading in the New York Times that um, I know it's because of, of the war going on, but um, Telegraph app is this new thing that's kind of taken off. And you don't know with social media what's going to do. Facebook's not doing what they're doing. Their numbers aren't doing it. The, the subscribers aren't there. Speaking of subscribers, mm. two for Tuesday, right? Yes. Nice segue. Take Tuesday. Today's the 19th. Netflix reported after hours. They were looking at 2.6 million subscribers added. Instead, they lost 
200,000 subscribers. Stock is down 25%. I'm going to ask you, because here's my take. It's Hot Take Tuesday coming in. Two questions. One, are you adding? Two, are you nervous? I I can um, go too. I'm I'm ready to go. So you tell me. So first thing I would say is that this is why uh, this is the uh, the uh, re- uh, releasing the earnings after hours when the market's already closed. I hate I mean, that. Why don't the, why I think everyone should release the earnings during the market. It would make the day that I, much better. I actually like it better this way because the sentiment that you have after hours is a knee jerk reaction. I mean, Ooh, so much of this. I'm thinking the other way. But is go they, ahead. the earnings release, the press release, people see that they miss the numbers, and analysts hedge funds or whatever, they're jumping on their Qualtronic things, doing their, their trades. I mean, you and I, we can't even trade. I mean, at my brokerage is, I can't even trade after hour and I don't want to either. I mean, the, the, the shares that are outstanding, I mean, it's not the same float that you have during the day. So it's so thin that that's why it, it fluctuates so widely. But I've seen this a number of times where something is up huge overnight on a big earnings release, but the next day when the market actually opens, it's nowhere close to that and vice versa, same thing too. So if it's down huge like this, I much rather, I much rather it be that they release release after hours. You have this knee jerk reaction because I mean that's not really indicative of what it's going to do tomorrow when the market's actually open. So let's see what happens when people actually have time to really digest the report, listen to the conference call, and see what Reed Hastings and company was saying. But as far as selling, well, let's, not let's selling, say it's down twenty five percent. I mean, it's going to open up down what eighteen? It could. I mean twenty. Netflix too is just one of the most volatile stocks when it comes to earnings release. If if they had crushed it by a, a couple hundred thousand subscribers, it could have just as easily been up twenty five percent. This is this is how Netflix has always been quarter after quarter, year after year. But yet, when you look at a long term chart of their subscriber growth, I mean, it's choppy from quarter to quarter. But year over year, it's always been more than the previous year. And I still think they have a lot of runway. I mean, I. I tend to think of of things in the U.S. with our 400 or so million subscribers, but the entire world of seven plus billion people is a much bigger market opportunity. So long term, I think there's still still growth there. I mean, so are you adding or are you nervous? I'm adding. I'm not adding per se. I mean, realistically, um, I uh, I just have my list of stocks that I'm I'm rotating through. So Netflix is is on the list. It's probably not in in the in the next. This is what I've really been doing is actually maybe it will pop up because what I've been doing is comparing stuff to compare to its 52 week high. So I've just been sorting stuff that's the most off of its 52 weeks high. Yep, absolutely. High. I do that too. So yeah. So I'm guessing it may very well just based on this, if it continues to, to go down, it will pop up there and I'll put some more in, but no, I mean, this is one thing that, that I've learned in Netflix holding since, since 2015, it's huge swings up, huge swings down. And, um, to this point, it always has added more subscribers long-term, increased its revenue. It's getting to the point where it's cash flow positive. I mean, isn't this really what you you want from a from a business? The other thing too is these targets. It drives me crazy. I've said this before. Who's who's making up these numbers? What was this arbitrary number of of subscribers? Uh, two point seven. Yeah, these guys that sit at Wall Street and stare at, at computer screens all day, charts and spreadsheets and plug in numbers. They're the ones that think that they know the the business better than Reed Hastings and and Ted Sarandos and the executive team. I think that that those two guys have been visionary over the past twenty something years. 
they know what they're doing. So they've, they've earned getting the benefit of the doubt from me. So long way of saying, yes, I'll be buying more at some point. What Here's about my you? take. Um, I'm going to start with the second question first. Am I nervous? This is 14 out of 16 quarters that they've missed. Um, I am nervous that they had 2.7 minus 200,000 makes me a little bit nervous. With that being said, when I'm buying stocks, when I'm nervous, usually those give me the biggest returns. Um, when I'm buying stocks because I'm severely confident, sometimes those can backfire. I'm buying more tomorrow for a couple of reasons. One, right now they've got 220 million subscribers. They said um, recently that they think 110 million households are watching Netflix with stolen passwords. So here's what I think. If they even get 25% of those stolen passwords, we're talking 25, 30 million, 30 million subscribers. Yeah. Um, I think it's a little bit of a buying opportunity. Um, now, if they do this quarter again, next quarter and the quarter after that, then I'll be a, a little bit more nervous than I am right now. I'm going to be buying some Netflix tomorrow, dollar cost averaging. Here's my idea I came up with because I get real defensive about mm -hmm. this. And that's when people ask for my password yeah. of companies that I own stock in. When people are like, hey, can I have your Disney password? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, you cannot have it. Yeah, the password is get your own password, okay? 23, but use it, it's a question mark at the end. Same thing with Netflix. This needs to stop. And if Netflix was really smart, they could have, get two birds with one stone. If they could put together an algorithm or something, whether they work with Cisco, um, CrowdStrike, whatever, they put together something that will make it where passwords can't be stored and they sell it to the new company of Warner and Discovery, Disney Plus, you name it. Now they can fix their problem of people sharing passwords and generate some extra revenue. Here's the thing. I, I know that Netflix, um, they lost all out on Russia. No one can, can watch Netflix in Russia. I think those numbers are going to change. Inflation's a big thing too. Right now, dollar, um, the dollar store hit its 52-week high. People are going more towards the dollar store. People might be cutting on Netflix. I still think deep in my heart, more people are going to cut from Comcast, um, Spectrum, and Cable, and Charter, and they're going to go on the cheap, and they're actually going to go with Netflix maybe a Disney plus. That's how I think they're going to do it. I'm looking at this as a buying opportunity today. We get two or three more of these quarters. Then I might start kind of reevaluating. Reevalu um, I think Netflix can get out of this. I don't want to see them go to um, ads. I don't want to see that. I want to see video games come out. I want to see them fix the people sharing passwords. No other platform has more shit plat or, um, uh, passwords shared than Netflix. Mm -hmm. Here's the other thing too. Apple Plus, the turnover rate every month is like 7%. Um, HBO Max, it's like 10%. So people cancel subscriptions all the time. I'm buying it. That's my take on, uh, that's my hot take Tuesday. Uh, Anything I mean, else you want to add? Yeah, churn, churn's a big part of any subscription service. I mean, HBO has gone over this for, for years. I mean, every time they have a big hit, whether it's Game of Thrones or Soprano, I mean, there was people that would sign up just for, for, their, for their Sunday night shows and then, and then cancel. I think uh, this is no different for Netflix with churn. I mean, the sharing of the passwords 
is uh, it, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, Netflix has been pretty lax with that. I mean, they also have a very generous, I don't know if they still have it, but they used to have the, uh, the month-long free trial. And uh, you could just take advantage of it with that. And if you had more than one, one credit card or debit card, you could probably just create a new email address and use different cards to get several months for free too, if, if, uh, if you were inclined. So, I mean, they're probably leaving a lot of money on the table, but the fact that they've identified this and recognized it and they want to do something about it is good. I think there's a golden opportunity here, a couple of things. I don't know if Netflix is going to be the one that solves this problem, but this does make me think that everything I read about what uh, blockchain technology is, that this mm. seems like a problem that is totally set up for the, uh, for, oh, for, yeah. for, for blockchain. And who's going to be that company? They're yeah. one, the companies we talk about, the Cisco, the Square, the Nef I mean, if you were smart, yeah. like Amazon would do it themselves so people can't share it, but that's a good point. Who's going to come up with this technology? When I, when I think about all the things that, uh, that cryptocurrency is and, and what it's, what's going to solve. I don't necessarily see that, but knowing that it, the overlying technology, there is blockchain technology that a has to match B and that record has to match that this seems like a perfect thing. If you have a, if you can do this with a password too, and somehow lock that in and keep other people from getting it. The other thing I was going to say too, is this, hear me out on this one. I don't know. I mean, you and I don't, I mean, we're not sharing passwords. If that's of a certain generation. I think we're of the age too, where we're just paying our subscriptions for, I, for everything. I am. Yep. I would think that this is the younger generation. This is definitely um, Gen Zers. I can think of college students doing this. I know my kids at a certain age, they would probably totally be freeloading and getting somebody else's password. The other thing I could think of too, is that you're a couple with somebody, you're going out and then you break up and you're still using the other person's password. One person's using it. So I feel that Netflix if it's we're saying that's 100 million of these uh, accounts that are being shared, yep. there's a large percentage of those that are couples that were dating at one time and have since broken up. And all you would have to do is force a reset the same way when you're at work, your system admin, you have to reset your password every mm. 30, 60 days. If you did that to every single Netflix subscriber, how many of those people are going to go back to their ex and say, hey, can I get the new password? Or they're just going to stop doing that. Wouldn't this be a way that it kind yeah, of- Yeah, like, and where, where do you hit it where it's like, hey, I'll pick up the kids next week. Uh, by the way, um, what's the new Netflix password? I think this totally fixes yeah. itself. So I don't know, I can say 50%, but 20%, I could totally see. You just reset it. Who's going to be the person that is just going to be like, yeah, I know we broke up or uh, I know you kicked <laughs> me out, but the, the, the Netflix password got reset. What's the and new And then, one? you know, like the, uh, the, the person that was like, well, I was like, look, look, I'll give you my Discovery Plus, like Discovery Plus. Yeah, the trade. Here's, no, no, no. I want HBO Max and the Showtime. Then yeah. maybe you can get the Disney Plus. Yeah, I'll throw in, I'll throw in uh, Peacock too, or something. If it's yeah. the deal. Oh, what I don't like is, I don't want to get off topic on streaming, but Roku was down five percent, Disney down five percent. By the way, man, Disney was trading at one twenty eight yesterday. Mm -hmm. It's crazy, man. I mean, I mean, it this it this seems like the same price that I. That I, I mean. Isn't it always between uh, 120 and 130? I mean, it was during the pandemic. No, it should be like 170. It should be 280. That that thing's a market underperformer. I was looking long-term. What do you think's done better over the last three, five, and 10 years? One, three, five, and 10 years. Disney or Comcast? Comcast. Yeah. Which is, again... Disney is like the... And, I, and the only... I'm just hoping Disney is like Microsoft. Do you remember when Microsoft 
was trading at $26 a share. Yeah. Back when I was really beating, I was really beating myself up about it and open the oracles. Like don't beat yourself up about Microsoft selling Microsoft $26. That thing was at trading at $26 for like three years, man. I mean, it was just literally would not move just like Cisco. At least it went down. I'm like, finally some movement. This was NVIDIA too. NVIDIA has done the same thing where there's been stretches where it hasn't done anything or it's been down. I mean, and then, well, I mean, Target was like that too, which reminds me, Target. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wait, let's do our listener mail. All right, listener mail time. So this is actually from Sam from Rochester. He says, hey guys, I'm a big fan of the pod. You always talk about adding to a company what makes you sell a position? I'm going to put this question on you because I sell all the time. Not like I'm a day trader, but I feel like I sell more than you. So from Sam and Rochester, go Bills, right? That he's a Bills fan, right? Um, yeah, she, Rochester. There's only so yeah, we'll say he's a Josh Allen fan too. So um, thank you for the question, Sam. Appreciate yeah, the thanks, uh, Sam. listening feedback. So there's a few things that might make me sell a company. I um one of the first and foremost for me is I'm trying to be more conscientious about what I put my dollars into and the companies I want to be part owner of uh, investing in the future that I want to see was if I felt that the company was doing something wrong, whether it was financially wrong or morally wrong, or just straight up uh, breaking the uh, law. So this is some of the things we've talked about with Facebook in the, uh, in the past they have been fined before by the uh, the government for for shady practices. There's uh, you can think about companies in oil and gas that just don't clean up their waste. Those would be type of things that you could say if I just did not like what they were doing to the environment, or basically if they had some sort of financial accounting scandal or fraud. Think of back in the day companies like Enron or WorldCom. Those for me would be no touch. And then also something like. Um, just recently what happened with Activision Blizzard, where it came out with their, their pervasive culture of uh, harassment uh, uh, of women. Although that is still under investigation for me, that was, that was enough of a red flag for me to sell the company. So, those so let me ask of- you something. Mm-hmm. So, cause you're talking big stuff. Like I'm, I'm pulling the plug on all that too. Yes. Like I'm, this is where I'm different because to me, I'm more of like, like Netflix, I think, and I could be way off. You know what they say? What do they say in um, Wolf of Wall Street? No one knows what's going up or down or sideways. It's, it's so fugazi, it's, you know. That's right. Um, I think like Netflix is going to yeah, all of my points I made. That's what I think with Netflix, mm-hmm. right? But if they have the same quarter five quarters in a row, at some point, I'm a big quarter guy because the quarter is what you really see what has happened and what's going to happen that I know. And I understand your stance. That means you're going to be holding on to your, your convictions for a little bit longer. I'm more of what has happened recently and what have you done for me lately? And uh, I think I'm more quick to pull the trigger. I would agree with that. When I buy a company, it's because not saying it's I, right, but I, I very much like the company and I, I believe in them. So um I mean, it could be multiple quarters or, or, or years. I mean, I'll put Twitter in this that I just mentioned when I bought it. I thought I saw a pass to, con- to consistent profitability. It hasn't been there, but although they've underperformed, I just, I'm still going to hold it because I still really do try to, to 
bring some of the tenants that 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 Buffett and Munger have where you're just buying. I mean, the best holding period is forever. I think about what Jeff mm. Bezos has said too, is my advantage to my competitors is I'm willing to just wait longer. I mean, most companies are looking three years, five years out. I'm I'm looking at a minimum seven years out. So I'm I'm willing to do that. The other thing that helps me that psychologically is because whatever dollar amount that I'm putting in, there's no sum in any one company that if it went to zero, that it would really it would, it would break me in the same way. That you and up. I are on the same page. Yes. That's so this also thing. helps me too, is that yep. I can afford to continue putting into these companies that haven't moved or, or gone back knowing that I'm still, I'm spreading the wealth, so, so to speak, and diversify. So there's really, as far as performance of the company, that's not enough that's going to shake me. I guess if we're really boiling it down, I'm looking at the things just the same way with, with ESG. I mean, if you're messing with the environment, if you got social issues, your government, governance, you're breaking the law. Those are things that will absolutely make me sell regardless of how well the, the company is done. But as far as the, uh, the performance, if they're missing, that's not. The other thing I would say too, is that we talked a little bit about this with Netflix and Wall Street's numbers. I, I never, I mean, I always take that with a grain of salt. Yep. I mean, I don't remember I who said this, but is it the company that's leading Wall Street or is it Wall Street that's leading the company? Because the way it looks for, for most companies is they miss Wall Street's expectations. Where does Wall Street get off telling this company what they should or should not be doing with their numbers? I'd much rather say, is Netflix meeting their own targets? If they're missing their targets in a consistently for for five, six, seven, eight quarters in a row, I mean, they're getting on and they say, wow, we really blew it. We set up to do this and we totally dropped the ball and messed up. I guess if a company was doing that over and over again, saying we missed our own expectations, then maybe I would really start thinking about Well, it. and that's where, and again, I want, I want two things. One, the market is like someone commenting on your marriage. Okay. <laughs> you don't need Wall Street being like, oh, Mike really should have <laughs> gone out to dinner last Thursday. We're going to dock him 20 points. I just think that, and I want this to be clear too. I don't listen to a conference call and then I bet jump ship. Mm -hmm. It's a long, I just saying, I, you know, I sometimes go with my gut. If, and if it's a dud or a stud, we're going to do dud or stud. By the way, Sam said postscript, can you make sure Nate doesn't ramble on? So I, <laughs> he didn't too, say that. Too late, Sam. Next time, right? Too late, again. Sam. Next time, buddy. Yeah. So, Speaking of stocks going down, let's do a little BSH, a little buy, sell, hold. Yeah. The consumers are getting hammered, right? Now, do you know what's a, a, an index that, not to get on tangent, that's really been hit hard that I'm looking to just add a little in is communications. Mm -hmm. You're talking like if you were to look at the VOX with Comcast, Disney, Netflix now, um, Charter, T-Mobile. The Googleators in there too, I think, isn't it? Google's, I mean, yeah. by the way, Google, here's, you want to talk earnings? Mm -hmm. They literally crushed, the, they're reporting this week. Um, I know I'm more of an earnings guy than you are. They, I mean, every day I look up and see what the earnings are. They've, they probably have the best earnings crusher of all time, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And they're going to do it again this quarter. And to your earlier point, um, I think Google is, that's my number one stock of the year. Mm -hmm. And it's, I I think it's going to be, they're going to crush this quarter and I think they're going to be up 12%. Yeah. I mean, if, if you wanted to do uh, would you rather with, uh, with Google and Netflix, I'd actually feel a lot better. It's got to be Google. Yeah. I mean, that. I mean, I'm not a big value. I'm not nearly as big on valuation and metrics as you are either. But when, every time I look at, at Google, it, 
I mean, on every single metric, as far as valuation goes, it looks extremely undervalued and it is still, I mean, here's the thing though. Um, I will say this. I am a value investor. Netflix used to be a growth stock. It mm -hmm. used to be the DocuSign, Shopify, you put it in there. Now I think it's a value. That's why I'm buying it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It finally is, it's earnings, it's PE ratio are, are all in line. Some of those growth stocks are 120 PE. Uh, you know, Shopify is up there, DocuSign's up there. And um, what's actually funny, speaking of PEs, you know, uh, not to get on a tangent, Sam actually asked, make sure Mike doesn't go on a tangent. <laughs> you know, Home Depot's PE is the market. They're down 28%. I've got a huge position in Home Depot. I'm going to add a little bit tomorrow and I'm going to add a little bit Netflix is what I'm doing. We're down 28% on Stallworth. That's a good, we're going to talk consumers. Communications are earned is down. We'll do that for another time. Let's do a little BSH, a little stutter BSH, dud. man, they crushed it this uh, quarter, didn't they? That I meant like buy, sell, or hold. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> Dude, you forgot the bit. <laughs> oh, BSH, man. That's what I do at, uh, at cocktail I mean, parties. They're like, I like Google and, and CarMax. I'm like, man, that's nothing with some BSH, man. I mean, inflation it has no, <laughs> no effect on their, their logistics. Folks, we were joking. There's no BSA. We can check. Uh, I thought you were talking about JB Hunt. They killed it. Um, J Transports. JB, yeah, yeah. JB Hunt. That's just JBH. I got you. JBH. Um, yeah. Um, I do like, though, I'm just saying, we'll talk about later, but the communications ETF exposure, that's down one of the biggest laggards of the... Uh, of of um the markets so something to think about let's do a little buy sell hold mm -hmm. cue the music tom tom we're gonna do our favorite game a little buy sell and hold and a little bonus stutter dud which that's my favorite nate how you doing i'm doing well so we got three stocks for you all right first we've got starbucks symbol sbux trading right now at 81.22 per share market cap of 93 billion uh trailing 12 month pe ratio of 21.95 does pay a dividend i'm gonna throw at you i think this is a big thing 52 week range 78.88 is the 52 week low 52 week high 126.32 next we've got and this is all going to be consumer uh, discretionary items we've got going on here next we've got booking holdings symbol bkng Trading at $2,239.38. We've got the market cap of around $91 billion. We've got the trailing 12-month PE ratio of 79.50. Does not pay a dividend. Not a big fan of that. 52-week range. The 52-week low is $1,796.45. 52-week high, $2,715.66. And then finally, third, we've got Target here, Target, TGT, one of my favorites, trading at 246.05, nice rally today, market cap of 113 billion, PE trailing 12-month ratio of 17.45, does pay a dividend, 52-week range, 184 is the low, 268.98 is the high, Nate, Buy, sell, or hold. What do we got? 
Oh, this is a, this is a tough one. I own all three of these stocks and do actually love all of them. Been adding to them, but the name of the game, I gotta, I gotta buy one, sell one, and hold one. So I'm gonna buy more Target. I'm gonna hold okay. on to my Starbucks, and I guess that just means that uh, I'm getting rid of uh, booking holdings. Nothing against it, but that's the name of the game. One's got to go. So I got some quite two questions for you. Mm -hmm. Why are you selling bookings? I'm looking here, no dividend. I see it's kind of hovering around its 52 week range. I think this is a reopening play because of the COVID-19 variant. Uh, why are you selling booking? Well, number one is just going to be because two of these three paid a dividend and I'm a big fan of getting uh, income like that. I can take the dividends and I can reinvest it in the same company or other companies. So I like that. The fact that uh, booking yet doesn't is going to be a knock in this case, but the number one reason I would say right now is I'm still not ultimately sure what travel is going to look like in the uh, in the future. I mean, we've got a lot of competitors out there and Airbnb, don't sleep on them. They're really changing the game as well. Okay, now bonus here. We're going to do stutter dud. I'm going to take this one over. Right now, I'm going to go with my dud being Starbucks. They had a year to pick a brand new CEO. And I don't know what they were doing then that year. They didn't do it. They brought Howard Schultz back. Now this could be an opportunity to buy some. You'll see their 52 week low is 78.88. So they're definitely hovering around the 52 week low. That's my dud for the week. I think the stud here, and you know what? I've been a stud for this company for a long time. I'm going with Target, a little TGT action. With Target here, I like that you're paid to wait with the dividend. You'll see now it's not close to its 52-week high. I have it valued at over $400. If you have any questions about any of what we've talked about today or something we missed, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at Two Buds Talk Stocks or on Gmail at Two Buds Talk Stocks. And occasionally we post pictures on Instagram at Two Buds Talk Stocks. And if you listen to us on a platform like Apple where you can leave a rating or review, please do so. It might help bump us up in the algorithm and get more listeners. Until next time, thanks for listening.